mighty God. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. We don't have enough adjectives tonight to describe him, but he's been so, so good to me. Can you testify tonight that he's been good to you? Amen. I believe we can all say that, that even in times when we didn't deserve it, he's been good to us. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we thank you that once again we have the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord. Lord, to, to feel you moving, Lord, to hear the word, Lord God. Lord, to allow our lives, Lord, to be changed in your presence, Father. Lord, we didn't come, not a one, to hear from me, Lord. But, Lord, if you'll take control of the vessel now and you'll speak, Father. And, Lord, and you'll anoint words of life, Lord. And you'll encourage hearts and you'll set the captive free, Lord. That's what we come to expect from you. That's what your word declares will happen. Lord, when you move amongst your people, mighty and the miraculous, Lord, are manifested. And, and Lord, that's what we're looking for tonight. Not that we have to manufacture it or make it happen, Lord. It's just you manifesting yourself and your people. And tonight, Lord, we want to be willing to allow, Lord, you to have preeminence and your will to be done in this service. We just ask that you'll bless the word and bless your people, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It's good to be in the house of God tonight. If you have your Bibles with you tonight and you'd like to turn with me to the book of John, the 14th chapter and the 9th verse. We're going to read down through the 20th verse and then we'll look over in Matthew 5 for a short reading there as well. John 14 and 9. It says, Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long with you and yet? Hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. This is something that we're going to key on tonight, is that he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, you shall live also." At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. We're also going to look over in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter in the 14th verse. We're just going to read three verses here before we let you have your seats. It says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. I pray that God will add his blessings to the reading of the word as you 
have your seats tonight. The last time that, that we spoke here, we, we dealt with works as it came even out of this reading where he said, you know, believe me for, for the work's sake. And we, we talked about how God uses signs and wonders in order to vindicate his presence. And we know that, that we do not, that we are not to go out looking for signs and wonders. We're, we're taught better than that. We, we don't follow after signs and wonders. That's actually completely backwards. But signs and wonders are to follow after us. Signs and wonders are to follow after those that believe. So as believers tonight, we shouldn't have any issue with expecting and believing for signs and wonders. We shouldn't have any problem expecting for the power of God to operate in our midst. Because see, to believe for the gifts, to believe for the signs, to believe for the supernatural is not to seek after them the way that Azusa did. Okay, they, they went to seed on those things and, and made those things their focus. And, and in so doing, they laid aside the word of God and their seeking of, of the gifts. So, so we don't seek after them. We believe for them. We, we expect them. We believe that signs will follow. We believe that, that gifts are to operate in the church. And, and why is that tonight? Why do we believe that? We believe that because the word says that those things are going to be in our midst. The word says that they're going to be there. And, and as we read through the gospels and we can see that the supernatural operated in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And, and as his bride, it is also, it is imperative that the supernatural is part of our ministry because the ministries of the bride and the ministry of the groom cannot be different. They, they can't be two different ministries. They have to be one and the same. Brother Branham says, God always vindicates his church by signs and wonders. It's always been the sign of God, a shout of it in the camp of the king. And I love this last part. The king is in the camp today as a bunch of people. That's wonderful when you recognize what he's saying right there. The king is in the camp today as a bunch of people. In other words, the bride and the groom as one. You are him. He is you. The, the, the king is in the camp today as a bunch of people. And so the ministry of the bride will be just like the ministry of the groom. And it will also be a vindicated ministry. It has to be because God will always, always has and always will vindicate his word. Time and time again, he's done so. Even with the message of the hours we went over last time, he vindicated it and vindicated it. And even some would say over vindicated it, this message so that it would call a bride out for his namesake. And now in the closing of time, through the ministry of the bride, the word of God will once again be vindicated. In other words, it's going to be your life and the word operating and manifested through your life that will actually vindicate that this word is the truth. We talked about last time how that fulfillment is the greatest vindication there is. It's going to be you, the bride, who's going to fulfill that there is a rapture. It's going to be you, the bride, that fulfills to him that overcometh. You will vindicate this word in the last day. There is going to be a people... Who will manifest Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to speak to you tonight about for a little while is manifesting Jesus. Manifesting Jesus. To manifest is to display or show. To demonstrate. To be evidence of or prove. 
Now, now, I'm not saying it's wrong to tell people about Jesus. You should tell people about Jesus. There's no doubt about it. But nowhere in manifest is the word tell. Nowhere in manifest is the word tell. It is to display and show, to demonstrate, to be evidence of or prove. In other words, it says to make evident or certain by showing or displaying. So tonight, church, this goes beyond a church that just happens to have correct doctrine. This goes beyond correct doctrine. This goes beyond good services and good people. This has to be more than that. This is a people who don't just talk about it. They display it. This is a people that don't just teach it. They demonstrate it. It has to be a life to live. You can't just tell people about the works. They want to see what you're talking about. The proof is in the pudding. It's a people that will manifest Jesus. How will people in the world ever know if this is the truth? How will people in the world ever know if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? It's because the people who claim to believe that display it to the world. The people who claim this message is the truth manifest this into the world. To the point that whether it's ever accepted or to to the point that whether they ever receive it or not, the manifestation of Jesus cannot be denied. They may not accept it, they may not receive it, but they cannot deny that something is different there. They cannot deny that that's a holy life. They cannot deny that that's a victorious life. And that's exactly what this bride is going to do. You are going to be the instrument on the earth that Jesus will use to once again vindicate that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who's he going to do it through? He's going to do it through you. He doesn't have hands here but your hands. He doesn't have a voice here but your voice. He is going to use you as the instrument to vindicate that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the instrument that he's going to use once again to prove that this word will defeat Satan anywhere at any time. You are that instrument. You are that people. You are that church. You are the instrument that he's going to use to tear down the works of the devil. It's a wonderful position and a wonderful place to be in. And once again, it brings us back to the importance of the dynamics always being there with the mechanics. Because without the same dynamics that vindicated Jesus... The church that stands this day and says that we're the bride, we're the bride. Without that same vindication, their claim is false. Without that same vindication, they cannot claim to be the bride of the last day. You say, how you say this? Even Brother Branham would say it was the resurrection power that brought Jesus up out of the grave that proved he was who he said he was. Well, what about the three and a half years of ministry? He said it was the resurrection power. It was the resurrection that proved that he was unlike any other man. It was the resurrecting power that proved all his claims were the truth. And it's going to be that same power of resurrection operating in a bride that will prove that this bride is who she says she is. It's going to vindicate once and for all. It's going to manifest once and for all that you are who you say you are. Brother, Brother Branham says, Jesus said so. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How dare any man to wipe that out of there? The works that I do shall you do also. John 14, 12. These signs shall follow them that believe. That is the assurance. Now, this is a very strong statement. He says, that is the assurance. When we see a group of people sitting together and those signs manifesting themselves... 
That's the assurance that the abstract is there to vindicate that that is property of God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want that assurance. I want that assurance in my own personal life. I want that assurance in my home. I want that assurance in our church. I don't want to sit around and wonder. I don't want to sit around and go, well, maybe, well, that was a good sermon. Well, that was some good things. Well, he said some nice things. No, I want to see Jesus Christ manifested in our midst. I want to see the same signs. I want to see the same wonders. I want to see the same vindications. He says that is the assurance that that is property of God. I want that assurance in my life. I want to know, just like Jesus said, he said, in that day, you will know. And Brother Branham takes that and he says, that day is this day. He says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. Not you're going to have to wonder about it. Not you're going to have to guess, well, was he there today? Did he move today? No, you're going to know because you're going to see it manifested through his people, manifested in his church. The works that I do shall you do also. It's a promise tonight. It's not a pie in the sky. It's not a I hope he moves today. I hope he'll heal. I hope he'll save. I hope he'll deliver. He said he will do it. And not only will he do it, but he's going to do it through you. You're going to manifest Jesus. I want to see the life and the ministry of Christ manifested in our midst. I want to see victories. I want to see healings. I want to see salvations. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see families restored. I want to see overcoming lives. Those are the manifestations of Jesus Christ. Men and women overcoming the enemy in Satan's Eden. I want his presence manifested in our midst. Oh, I know it manifested in the past. I know it manifested in the disciples. I know it manifested in William Branham's ministry. But I want to see it manifested in my life. I want to see it manifested in your life. I want to see it manifested in our homes. We're a people that say we believe that the pillar of fire has, has returned to the church. Or we believe that the pillar of fire is among us. Well, I'll tell you this. We better believe it because without it, we're in trouble. But as a people who say they believe that, then the pillar of fire should put us in action. Brother Branham says the pillar of fire should put you in action. Don't ever get to the place even like Tabernacle where we get numb to the opportunity to come into its presence. Numb to the opportunity to come to the house of God on a Wednesday. Numb to the opportunity to come on a Sunday. Don't ever let it get to the point where his presence, that pillar of fire moving our midst doesn't wow us, doesn't amaze us, doesn't bring us to where we have no choice but to worship with all our heart, to give him everything we have. Don't get to the place where it becomes common, but let it put you in action day after day after day. Let it be the energy down on the inside of you that pushes you to take another step, to overcome another day day to fight for your family to fight for your children to fight for your healing don't let it become common to you let it energize you tonight the pillar of fire didn't come back to the church and have its picture taken have itself vindicated so that we could be religious he didn't return to the church once again so that we could be church members he didn't open the seals and restore all the Bible truth just so we could be good people. So we could be good men just to make fair and, and, and honest citizens out of us. 
This isn't just to produce good marriages and good homes, although it will do those things. But this message was sent to produce Jesus Christ on the earth again, in flesh again, in a broad body. It was sent to manifest Jesus. That's got to be the desire of our hearts, to produce Jesus once again. A people that will continue the ministry of Jesus Christ right up until the day we go home. A continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. A match piece. A match piece here on earth. Well, why is that so important? Because until there is a match piece here on the earth, he's not coming back. Because when he comes back, he's coming back to one that's just like him. One that's just like him in every way. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, power of his power. There has to be a match piece here upon the earth. Not just fair and honest and good. There's many that can produce that. There's a lot of fair and honest and good people. There's many things. There's many different churches that produce that. But he's looking for a church that operates the way he operated. A church that overcomes the way he overcame. A church that isn't relying on self and our programs and how big we are and what we do and how we did this. He's not looking to, for, for people who rely upon themselves, but one who operates just like him because she is him. He is in her and she is in him. When he moves, she moves. When he speaks, she speaks. She has the word and she knows what he wants done with it. She is the manifestation of Christ on the earth again in flesh. That's who you are. That's who we are. It's got to get beyond just a gathering of people. It's got to get beyond just God sent a prophet. It's got to get down on the inside of the inside of the inside that he's in me and I'm in him. That I am he and he is me. That I am his bride and together we are one and I'm doing the works that he wants done here on this earth. And he's coming back to take me because of that. Not because I came to church on Wednesday and I paid my tithes and I was a good person. That's not what it's about. But he needs a mat piece. He's looking for somebody that's sold out, consecrated, dedicated. This is their life. He is their life flow. He is their source of energy. That's what we're called here for. That's the whole reason that we are here. A match piece to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ right through the very middle of Satan's Eden. You know, Jesus would say, I am the light. We've been hearing Brother Timothy preach about the light. It was so wonderful on Sunday. He says, I am the light. And then he turns right around and says, you are the light. Well, I thought he was the light. He is. Well, I thought you were the light. You are. How can that be? Same life. Same ministry. Same light living out on the inside. It's not you with your own light and your ideas and how you think things should be. It's you lining up with the word and that word coming in on the inside of you. And that light shining out to a dying world. And what's it doing? Everywhere you turn, it's just like a lighthouse. And it's shining a light on Jesus. It manifests Jesus. The life Jesus has, she has. The way he overcame, she overcomes. It's the same light. The same life living out through a bride in this day. Same ministry, same light. Back to our opening scripture there in John 14. 14, 10 says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. 
Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now what he's telling them here is God above you has now become God with you. God above you has now become God with you. And that's how these works are being done. It's the Father in me doing the works. And he's teaching them here not to be self-reliant. Not by might, not by power, but my spirit. Even Jesus Christ here taking no credit for what's being done. I'm not doing this, but it's my Father doing this. Then the next verse, 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. In other words, you're not doing them yet, because I'm still here, and therefore my life can't enter into you. At this point, it's still God with us. It's still God with us. Verse 13, and, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Once again, God with us. He's saying... You know him because, well, here I am. You know him because I'm with you right now. You know who I am. He says, he dwelleth with you and shall be. Notice what this is. This goes from present tense to future tense. He dwells with you but shall be in you. Once I go away on the day of Pentecost, I'm going to come back and it's no longer going to be God above you. It's no longer going to be God with you. But now it's going to be God with you on the inside. God in you. God above us. God with us and God in us. Right here, he's laying out the entire mystery. You can look at this scripture and even see that the Godhead explained. He says, and God is going to be in you. Future tense. And I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. But how's he say it? I will come to you. Well, who's the Holy Ghost then? The one that's sitting there talking to him. I will come. I will be the comforter. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live, you shall live also. And at that day ye shall know. Now, remember earlier we were reading, it's just a few verses up. He's telling them, you're going to know that it's I and the Father and the Father and me. Now we've done come down and in future tense, he's told about the day of Pentecost. Now the whole thing's different. That I'm in the Father, that hasn't changed, but now there's a glorious change. There's something marvelous here. It's just not he's in the Father and the Father's in him, but ye in me and I in you. In other words, the same way that it's not me doing the works, you're going to do works and it's not going to be you doing the works. The same way I manifest the Father in the flesh, you are going to manifest me in the flesh. The same way it's not me, it's not going to be you. But it's going to be me manifesting my very life through you. Hallelujah. You are going to manifest me in the flesh. It's not going to be you. It's going to be me. Church, you don't have to work these things up. 
You don't have to manufacture these things. We don't have to work up a salvation. We don't have to manufacture a gift. We don't have to manufacture a deliverance. It's him. It's him in our midst. It's him moving. It's him healing. It's him saving. It's him delivering. I don't have to do nothing but get out the way and allow him to manifest his life through me. Lord, just manifest yourself. Do what you do. Let your life live out through my body. It's him. It's his life manifested through you, the anointed man. Now the anointed people. The anointed man. Now the anointed people. He says, look, God in his body, Christ, and Christ in his body, the bride. Oh, my. God made manifest in Christ. Christ made manifest in the bride. And as God took from the body of Adam the woman, and she fell, then God has took from the body of Christ, his flesh, his body, which is his word, and is bringing a bride out that won't fall by denomination or creed, no sir, but she is coming back with the pure, unadulterated word of God being manifested. If you stop short of the being manifested, you missed it. You're not just coming back with the word. You're not just coming back with the head knowledge. You're not just coming back with some books and some tapes. You're not just coming back, but you're coming back with the word being manifested. The word in action. The word overcoming. The word defeating the devil. The word healing the sick. The word filling with the Holy Ghost. The word being manifested in a broad body. So I ask you, how can we not preach the supernatural? How can we not believe for the supernatural? How can we not live in the supernatural? Let me ask you this. How can you not be supernatural? This bride cannot be some stiff-necked, starchy, ritualistic church. It can't be. It can't be cold. It can't be formal. It can't be dead. How can she be if she is to be him and his works manifested. Well, I am Jesus. You're telling me that Jesus is lukewarm? You telling me he's cold and starchy? You tell me there ain't no fire in his belly? You tell me there ain't no energy to get more to go deeper? You telling me he didn't have a passion for this word? This bride will by no means be a lukewarm. If you're cold and you're formal and you're starchy, there's no moving of the spirit. There's no manifestation of God. You have no right to claim the title of bride of Jesus Christ. Because this bride will be full of the life of Jesus. This bride will have victory. This, this, this bride will have life. This, this bride will have worship. This bride will have joy. This bride will have overcoming power. There will be deliverance in this bride. Brother Brown says, now Christ, the works that I do shall you do also. See, the same God. See, the works that I do shall you do also more than this. For I go unto my father. The church will be a little longer in the light. See, vindicating his promised word. The church will be vindicating his promised word. As God did his promises in Christ's body, so is Christ doing the same works in Christ's body, the church. See now, making his mystery known to his bride tree in the last day, bringing forth the fruits that was in the tree at the beginning. 
He says there's many different gifts that God has to his church, but they're all for the perfecting of the church to bring together in unity the great body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the powers that was in Christ has been given to his church. All that God was, he poured into Christ, and Christ was God manifested on the earth. And all that Christ was, he poured into his church. And all the powers that God had rested in Christ and the fullness of Christ rest in his church. So what a people this should be. What a people this should be. A people that sit there stone-faced. We have all the power, but we don't believe in praying for anybody. We have all the power, but we don't believe in prayer lines. We don't believe in the opportunity to cast devils off people who are struggling. But we have all the power. Well, what are you doing with it? What are you doing? You find yourself in the place of the one who dug a hole and buried everything. And said, this is, this, is, this is ours. This is ours. And he's going to say, depart from me. Because I gave you all this and you did nothing with it. I gave you all this and I expected you to manifest me. I expected you to show a dying world. I expected you to, you to show them that I was the same yesterday, today, and forever. I expected you to manifest Jesus. And what did you do with it? He says, what a people we should be. And what do we have to do, Brother Aaron? What do I have to do to make all this happen? Just let it flow. Just get out of the way. Just quit hindering the manifestation of Jesus Christ. That's all you have to do is let the light shine. Take the bushel off that you put over it. The candle's lit. The light is shining in this last day. Just remove the bushel. Just let it flow. Let the light out. There's plenty of darkness out there. Let it light up the world. There's people that need that light. You don't have to try and manufacture it. All we have to do is not fight against it. Let that life do what that life has always done. Let that ministry do what it has always done. It's always healed the sick. It's always casted out devils. It's always spoke with tongues. It's always done those things. What are you saying? We got to do something new. We got to work this up. Just let the ministry of Christ be the ministry of Christ. Just let his life flow through your life. Quit holding it back. Quit pulling back on the reins. There's a dying world that needs that light. There's a world that needs to see it. Look, I'll tell you what. We don't see the children of the devil afraid to manifest his works. We don't see the enemy fighting against themselves, manifesting, you know, fighting whether or not they should manifest the spirit that they're of. They're not ashamed of it. They're not afraid to let that spirit that controls them to be manifested to a world. We don't have to see them having a problem spreading the works of darkness. They don't have a problem allowing the spirit that they are of, you know, out through their life. I'll tell you another thing they sure don't have. They don't have a problem worshiping their God with all their heart. They don't have a problem giving the devil 100%. They manifest his life. They vindicate that from the beginning he was a liar. They vindicate that from the beginning he was a murderer. They vindicated in their lives. They vindicated in their laws. They vindicated in their government. I say, stand up, oh people of God. Stand up, oh bride of Christ. If they can vindicate, if they can manifest, if they can worship at 100%, what about God's people called to manifest?
manifest, called to the fullness, called to stand and overcome, stand and fight, stand and let Jesus Christ be manifested, a holy manifestation, a glorious manifestation. Let it be manifested out of your life. Oh, they don't back down. They don't give up. They don't cower to the critics. It's time we quit cowering to the critics. It's time we quit backing up. Stand your ground. Manifest Jesus Christ. Manifest that he's a healer. Manifest that he's a savior. Manifest his goodness. Manifest overcoming power. Manifest Bible holiness. Manifest those things in your life. If the power of the darkness is strong enough to cause people to manifest that, what about the power of the light? Is it not strong enough to cause people to manifest Jesus? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's time we quit talking about it and let it flow. The one we serve is greater. The one we serve is more powerful. The one we serve is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of a dedicated life. He's worthy of a consecrated life. Quit talking about it and manifest it. We've reached the end time. Satan has a bride tree and it's being made manifest. God has a bride. And through that bride, he is being made manifest in the flesh. I want to tell you. If he was victorious in the flesh of the groom, he's going to be victorious in the flesh of the bride. You got nothing to fear. You got nothing to worry about. He faced it head on and he showed time after time after time that you could defeat Satan with the word. He didn't even use some uh, amazing supernatural powers. He literally just looked him in the face and said, it is written, it is written, it is written. I tell you tonight, it is written, I will have a church without spot or wrinkle. It is written that there will be overcomers. It is written that by his stripes you are healed. It is written that the Holy Ghost is to you and to your children and to the many as are afar off. It is written that you can have joy. It is written that you can have peace. Take the word of God, manifest the life of Jesus, manifest his victory and overcome the enemy tonight. Oh, come on, possess the gates of your entity tonight. Surrender yourself like Samson did. When he surrendered his strength and he went there and he took the gates and he took them up to a hill on Hebron. Oh, come on. There was a greater feat of strength one time when Jesus took the the cross of Calvary and he marched it up that hill. He could have quit. He could have stopped, but he kept going. He kept going. And that same life is on the inside of you tonight. And it says, keep going. Take those gates of depression. Take those gates of anxiety. Take those gates of fear. Take those gates that are keeping you in prison. Rip them down and take them up Calvary's hill tonight and leave them there. Manifest Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus manifested once again in the flesh. We got to quit looking to our own natural abilities. Looking to our failures. Yes, we are failures. Quit looking to your shortcomings, to our humanity, and wondering how can this be? And turn that into be it unto me. 
Mary didn't know how either. She just said, be it unto me. I don't know how, but I know it's not going to be me. Because in that day, I will know that he is in me and I in him. In the same way it was the Father doing the works through him, it is him doing the works through me. I don't have to worry about it. I just got to quit hindering. We got to accept what we've been called to be. It's believing that all things are possible. It's recognizing that the impossibilities have been removed because it's him manifesting the works through us. And when he's involved, there are no impossibilities. Listen, we as humans can't do the works. I totally recognize that. It's Christ and his bride doing the works and manifesting his ministry through her. Whenever we we think that we have to do it, then that puts a pressure on us. And we think we have to make this happen. We have to make that happen. And what it causes is carnal impersonations. Like you have to speak in tongues. You have to do this. You have to. And it causes carnal impersonations. There's nothing I have to do but seek more of Jesus Christ. There's nothing I have to do but seek more of him and seek his will and be submissive and say, Lord, take control. That's all you have to do. And he does the works through you. He manifests himself through you. There's no pressure. It's him. It's him doing it. It's his life living. Look, I didn't wake up this morning and have to try to be an Oglesby. It just happened. I lived this whole day as an Oglesby. Everything I did was as an Oglesby. Because that's who I am naturally. And the life on the inside of me, I didn't have to make myself be a Christian. I didn't have to make myself do those things. You get Jesus on the inside and you just wake up and that life begins to live out of you. Because that's who you are. That's who your DNA is. It affects everything you do. Why do you think when you go to the doctor, they want to know your daddy's family history or or medical history? Tell us about the medical history of your father. Man, I don't want to tell them that. Because then they want to start putting stuff on you. They want to start telling you. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? It's okay if the devil asks me about my father's history. I'll tell him all about that. I don't want to tell you necessarily about my natural history. There's a lot of failures in my natural history. But let me point you to my spiritual history. Let me point you to my royal family. He's an overcomer and that life manifests through me. He's a healer and that life manifests through me. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. Oh, my. He's the mighty conqueror. That life manifests through me. As I conquer in this day, we're here to manifest Jesus. He says, Father, now into your hands we commit this service. There's not a man on the face of the earth, Lord. Not none of us could do this. It will be you. Excuse me. So as we have spoken, the prophets of old were so anointed under that atonement that they saw visions. And Jesus said himself, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my father that dwelleth in me. I do that which always pleases him. Verily, I say unto you, I can do nothing in myself but what I see the father doing. That doeth the son likewise. Let it be tonight, Lord, that they will see the works of God manifested through his church. A living church, a breathing church, a church that finds its energy in him, that finds its source and its power in him. You see, it's always been about his strength. Everything down through the Bible has been about his strength. It's never been about the strength of a man. 
Even the heroes we read about, it was never about their strength. It was, it was about them yielding themselves to God. It wasn't Moses leading. It was the pillar of fire. It wasn't Moses providing all the millions and millions of stuff you talked about Sunday. That was amazing. It wasn't Moses doing that. It was God doing that. It was those works being manifested through Moses. Notice what David says to, to, to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. In other words, you come to me in your strength with your skills and your protection. Now notice there was a trap laid for David. Actually, Saul did it. It was a trap to go face Goliath with the same weapons that Goliath had. It was a trap to go face him in human abilities, with human armor, with human ideas. Listen, you better not ever go out and face the enemy with your ideas or even the ideas of a church. You better be going out with the manifested power of the Lord Jesus Christ to face your enemy. That is the only way you can go and face your enemy. But David turned the trap down. And we have to be like David and recognize it wasn't my strength that killed the bear. It wasn't my strength that, 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 that killed the lion. It was the, the, the Lord that came into me and took possession of this body. It was him. That it was a manifestation of the Lord God of Israel. That's why David says to him, you come to me in human strength. You come to me with, with human skill and with your human protection. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This is how we have to uh, approach every single battle we face. We have to go into it trusting his might. We have to go into it trusting his power and his ability. Because in ourselves, we can't do it. I can't manifest Jesus in myself. This flesh will fail every single time. But if I'll lean on him, if I'll lean into him a little more, if I'll trust him a little more for the situation I'm in, for the trial that I'm in. Look, we heard it Sunday. Whatever inch you're on tonight, he's been there before. Wherever you're standing at tonight, whatever you're going through, he's been victorious in that situation before. He has kept people who thought they were going to quit. He has restored joy to those who were battling depression. He has filled those with the Holy Ghost who never thought they had hope. He's given new life to those who were going to commit suicide. He has done those things before and he'll do it for you. Brother Timothy said that that fishing God said he didn't just want to take them out there to see pretty things. He wanted to take them out there to catch fish. He had a goal in mind. He didn't just bring you out to heal you. He didn't just bring you out to give you a new doctrine. He didn't just bring you out. This God is going to take you all the way. He brought you out to take you in. He brought you out in order to rapture. And he will not fail. Wherever you are tonight, lean into him. We see it all through the Old Testament as, as different ones yielded themselves to God and allowed him to be made manifest through their life. It was God's wisdom in Solomon. It was God's strength in Samson. And then at the end of the Old Testament, we see Jesus comes and he completely authenticates the Old Testament. And now there is a bride who will be so consecrated, so sold out, that she will allow him through her to authenticate the new. To manifest Jesus Christ once again. I say, let there be a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost tonight. 
Let there be a fresh outpouring and, and bring that life-giving revelation. God was manifested in Christ, and now Christ is manifested in his bride. You got to bring it down. Christ is manifested in me. To where you become the living word manifested. What can the devil do with that? Oh, he can do a lot with your flesh. He can attack you. He can attack your failures and he can attack your shortcomings. But what can he do with the living word manifested? We saw what he can do with it there in the, when Jesus was on the face of the earth. Nothing. All he can do is be defeated and thwarted time after time after time after time. And I say once again, the living word manifested will defeat Satan time after time after time after time. If we just allow it to manifest itself in our lives. He says church of God is a living article of God on earth manifesting Jesus Christ. I know it's not popular. You can't expect to be, but we expect to be right. Ooh, I like that. He says the word has become the church and the church is the word. God, all that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he poured into the church, the Holy Ghost. Now the enemy's got something. See, then he isn't fighting something back here. Many people just take the letter. The letter killeth. The spirit giveth life. See, see. And they take these creeds and so forth, killeth. But when you are taking the spirit, that's God himself. How do you know it's God? Because he's taking the word and manifesting it. See, then it's God himself. He said all that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he poured into the church. So I ask you, what kind of power does the believing church have? Well, what kind of power did Jesus have? According to Matthew 28, 18, it says he had all power in heavens and earth. All power. The power that created eyeballs, he had it. The power that created worlds, he had it. Oh, no wonder he said you could create a world and go live on it. Because the power that created eyeballs, you have it. The power that created worlds, you have it. Oh, come on, let's bring it down a little bit. The power to overcome temptation, you have it. The power to overcome sin, you have it. The power to say, get thee behind me, Satan, you have it. The power to create an atmosphere where lives can be changed, you have it. Then let's don't talk about it. Let's manifest it. Let's do something with it. Let's put it in action. Let's put the devil on the run tonight and let the life of Jesus Christ manifest through evening light tabernacle. Do something with it. 1 John 3, 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Then I say, for this purpose is the bride of Christ manifested that they might destroy the works of the devil. We got a job to do. We got work to do. Oh, how do we do it? Just let him manifest himself. Manifest Jesus tonight. A bride manifesting Jesus. Now, just for the sake of balance, I want to point out that this isn't just all about what some might call the miraculous. The signs, the wonders, the gifts, manifestations of the Spirit. 
You know I preach and believe and advocate for those things because without that element, you cannot be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You got to have it. There's no question about that. Whenever he manifests himself in a body, the supernatural will accompany that body. However, I do want to make it clear that we understand that gifts and callings are without repentance. And that we've been taught well enough to know that rain can fall on the just and on the unjust. Gifts can operate and the spirit manifests on those who aren't even his. Or those who are living backslidden. Living in a sinful condition. We saw that when Brother Brown first encountered the Pentecostal people. And he dealt with the two men that were dealing with the gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. And he saw that one was a true Christian and one was a total hypocrite. We see that in the life of Balaam. Where Brother Branham says, just let us take a look at Balaam. He was religious. He worshiped God. He understood the prophet me- proper method of sacrifice and approaching unto God. But he was not a true seed prophet. For he took the wages of unrighteousness. And worst of all, he led the people of God into sins of fornication and idolatry. He says, yet who would dare deny that the spirit of God manifested through him? In one of the most beautiful portions of absolutely accurate prophecy the world has ever seen. Wow. Well, brother, and you just turned this whole thing upside down. No, no, no. That's not the case. All of this that I just said is true. But that doesn't mean we still don't want it. Don't let the bogus scare you away from the genuine. Don't let the fact that it's raining in that field make you not want it to rain in this field. Don't let the scarecrows turn you away. The life of Christ must still be manifested in us. And in that life, it will produce signs and it will produce wonders and it will produce the miraculous. But it will also produce a life well lived. It will also produce love. It will also produce kindness. It will also produce gentleness. It will produce sweetness. It will produce a life free from sin. So we want all those things we've been preaching about, but it better go hand in hand with this part of it as well. A life free from sin, a life full of love, not bitterness and cranky and backbiting and two-tongued. It's got to produce a Christian life. So what are you saying? I'm saying don't for one moment hang your hat on on, on a manifestation of the spirit if your life isn't lining up with the fullness of the word. There has to be both of those things going hand in hand. There has to be a balance there. Yes, it's about the word. Yes, you must line up with the word. Jesus is the word. But then don't turn around and rob the power out of the word. Yes, it should be word, 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 word. But in that word, there should be dynamics, 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 dynamics. You cannot separate the two. And you also don't want to live a life that's based nothing on dynamics when there's no anchor holding you. When there's nothing that's taking a hold in your soul. Brother Brown says, oh, if we Christians, if we ministers, if we men, women, Pentecostals and the rest of us, if we can't take what God said his church should be. If we can't measure up to the stature that he said, then we can be condemned of sin. Now, he's at this point speaking of the supernatural, of unbelief. 
We try to say that the days of miracle is past and all these other things and so on and so on. Then we can be accused of unbelief for there's only one sin and that's unbelief. He that believeth not is condemned already. See, you don't even get to first base if you don't believe. I'm going to skip down a little bit. He goes on and says, that's what God wants. That's what God will have. A bunch of people that can say, what has Jesus Christ promised? What has been promised in the last days that hasn't been manifested through us? Amen. If there's anything we're lacking, let's do it. If there's anything lacking with us, let's get back to that. Let's remember what he required, not what we think we ought to have, but what he said we got to have. See, we got to have it that way, the way that he said it. Now, if you skip on down, he's talking about the supernatural, talking about the supernatural. And that's what he's dealing with here. But then at the bottom of this quote, he said, now let's think seriously. Now, we Pentecostal people, I wonder if we receive the Holy Ghost just for entertainment. Do we want the Holy Ghost to move just so we can say we had a good service? He says, but there's more than that goes with it. There's a life that's got to be lived. Just because the signs and wonders are manifested out of your life does not mean you are manifesting the life of Jesus. Janice and Jambres manifested signs and wonders. There has to be a life that goes with it. When Jesus is manifested, there will be shouts, there will be dances, there will be visions, there will be tongues, there will be prophecies, there will be supernatural. They must be. I don't want to be accused of unbelief, as he says. I don't want to be accused of sin, but there will also be a life that follows that supernatural, an overcoming life, a victorious life, a life free from sin, free from the world, free from worldly pleasures. It'll manifest itself in Bible holiness. It'll produce women that line up with the word. I'm not stopping right there. It'll produce men that line up with the word. It will produce homes that are ordered properly under the proper headship according to the word. It will produce Christians and overcomers in the Laodicean age. Well, Brother Aaron, I liked it better when you was talking about all the signs and wonders. Let me tell you what, an overcomer in Laodicea is a sign and a wonder. You talk about a powerful God. You talk about a supernatural God that in this day there's people still standing. There's people this day that still have holiness. There's people in this day still standing with morals. Still standing for this Christianity. Surrounded by evil. There's still a Bible believing people standing. That is a sign. That is a wonder. That is the miraculous. The miracle of a Holy Ghost filled life. There's nothing more miraculous than that in this day. That is miraculous. Because in this day, there's one standing that's totally different from Eve. There's one that's not going to fall the way Eve fell. There's one that's going to stand and overcome. And that in and of itself is miraculous. You think about it. Eve could not stand in God's own Eden. Satan made Eve fall in God's own Eden. And that day, Satan has relished that day for thousands of years. And yet now the tables have turned and God's got an Eve that will not fall in Satan's Eden. And I say, God has relished this day for eternity. He's been looking forward to this day when a people would manifest his life right in the garden of Satan's Eden. And would not fall. You talk about the miraculous. A bride manifesting Jesus. 
called in this day to be the light. Oh, Brother Aaron, I, I can't be that light. I, I can't. Yes, you can. And yes, you are. And yes, you will be. Just accept what you've been called to be. Quit bringing up what you can and can't do. He does the works through you. It's not me that doeth the work. It was his calling and it was his choosing and it will be him doing the work. Brother Branham says, then if you are a son of God or a daughter of God, you are in God all the time. But he knew what bed and time you would be planted. So now you made a creature, a son of God, manifested son or daughter of God to meet the challenge of this hour, to vindicate the true and living God of this hour, the message that's coming forth in this time. Brother Branham said he knew you all along, but he planted you in a certain time for a certain purpose. Oh, I can't overcome. Are you telling me that God made a mistake? Are you telling me that he chose the wrong ones? I say not. I say he knew there was a seed gene on the inside of you. He knew there was something on the inside of you that would stand. He knew there was something on the inside of you that wouldn't back up, that wouldn't fall, that wouldn't denominate this word, but would stand true. And he said, there's one, there's one, there's one. They'll be part of my end time bride. They'll stand in Satan's Eden. They won't be overcome, but they will be the overcomers of the age as Jesus Christ is once again manifest in flesh hallelujah I'm going to start bringing this down he says then he had been in the spirit made manifest in the flesh to take away sins God returned back to God's spirit and now when they take this picture today with us and the people of the Lord it's the same pillar of fire now, the only way it can be proven that it's the same pillar of fire is it'll do the same works if it is the same pillar of fire, the Spirit of God. Jesus said, a little while in the world seeth me no more, yet ye shall see me, for I will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Hebrews thirteen eight said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then if this Spirit doesn't produce the life of Christ, then it isn't the Spirit of God. Now, if I stood here with nail scars in my hand and prints all over my head here in the form of the crown of thorns and told you that the spirit of God was in me, that wouldn't make it so. My hands could actually be scarred. That wouldn't be an evidence. But when you can say that the spirit of God is in us, then the works of God will be manifested through your life. In other words, if a tree, he's the vine, we are the branches. Now, the vine does not bear fruit, it's the branches. But it gets its energy from the vine. Now Jesus doesn't have any hands on earth but yours and mine. He doesn't have any or any mouth on earth but yours and mine. Then we become energized with the spirit of Christ. And if the life that's in the vine is in the branch, the branch will produce the fruits that's in the vine. Where does our energy come from? It says the energy comes from Jesus Christ. Lord, I say tonight, give us some more of that energy. Energy to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Energy to say, come out, and it'll be... Oh, let me tell you a little bit about that energy. That energy kept going there in the Garden of Gethsemane when he knew what laid before him. 
That energy kept going there at a trial when he was innocent and yet he was convicted. That energy kept going when he was beat and took lashing after lashing after lashing. That energy kept going as he was going up the hill to Calvary. That energy kept going when he went down into hell and he defeated every devil, every demon, everything you would ever face. Oh, I bet he was worn out. No, sir. That energy kept going. There was enough energy left that he came up and he resurrected on the third day. I'm telling you, that's the energy we have. That energy says, keep going when you're sick. Keep going when you're tired. That energy says, push on, little bride. Press on. Keep going. Oh, we're going through hell. We're in Satan's Eden. I bet there's no energy left. Wrong again, devil. There's enough energy to resurrect this body. There's enough energy to take this bride in a rapture. We are being energized by Jesus Christ. Let that energy pulsate. Let that energy flow. Manifest Jesus in your life energize this church Lord energize this bride body energize us for the closing stretch energize us to manifest him hallelujah hallelujah oh come on now when others deny energize me when others betray energize me when others fall by the wayside energize me Give me the energy to keep going. You can stand with us as we bring this to a close. There will be a people that manifest Jesus. It's the bride that is now his body on earth manifesting Jesus once again. Brother Branham said, Moses was the vindication of the interpretation of the word. He said, Moses was God's interpretation of his promise. Then what are you but the interpretation of the promise that I will have a church without spot or wrinkle? How can you have a spot if you're him? How can you have a wrinkle if you're him? Quit looking at this. In that day you shall know that I am in you and you are in me and we are one it's not you that doeth the work it's not your righteousness it's not the fact that you're wrinkle free or spot free it's him and he just wants somebody that will manifest him I want to read this quote as I close hallelujah Somewhere in here. What does it prove? What do all these things prove when you see a a church begin to operate like he operated? Begin to overcome the way he overcame. Begin to do the works that he did. It tells us that there's a match piece that's starting to come to perfection on the earth. And if there's a match piece starting to come to perfection on the earth, it shows us that we're nearing the rapture because when he is fully manifested in a bride then the capstone can come and then she can receive it but until she gets to that place she can't receive it there has to be a manifestation fully that matches who he is bone of his bone flesh of his flesh because he's coming back for a match piece but brother Branham says what does life in the body show He said his body was not held in the grave. Recognized with him in the resurrection, 
same as he is now, listen, which means this, his word, which he is, has begun to be risen. The word that down through the age of Luther, Wesley, see, has begun to rise up to its power. There it began to move. Then it moved a little more. Now it's coming up to identification, see. Watch. Now the life in the body is a vindication that the rapture is at hand. When you see the headship and the body becoming one and the fullness of the measure of his manifestation shows that the body is about ready to be received to the headship. Church, where are we at? How close are we? I say, Lord, manifest your life through me more. If that's what it takes, manifest yourself in me. Manifest yourself in even like tabernacle. Manifest yourself in your bride around the world. Life in the body shows that the body is rising up. Come on, church. Life didn't come back into the body of Jesus so he could stay in the tomb. But life came in the body so that he could resurrect. Life came in the body so that he could come back. And I say that life has once again come into the body of Jesus so that we can go home in a rapture. It's going home time. It's time to manifest what we are. And there will be nothing, no greater manifestation that you are the bride of Jesus Christ than the rapture. I'm telling you, Jesus was so vindicated that even those that couldn't accept him had to admit who he was. Nicodemus said, we know that you're a teacher from God. The centurion said, surely this is the son of God. They couldn't accept it. They didn't believe it, but they had to testify of it. And there's coming a day this bride will be so vindicated. They may not accept it. They may not believe it. But one day you're going to be gone. And you know what they're going to say? Surely that was the bride of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Many claim to be the Christ. Many claim to be the Christ, but only one manifested God. And many have claimed to be the bride, but there will come one who will manifest the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, be it unto me. Be it unto me, Lord. Lord, let me be that one. There's been churches, churches, brides, bride, but there must come one. It might as well be me. It might as well be you. God bless you, church. Let's manifest Jesus.
Ah! Uh -huh. 